We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. tonight taylor peterson you can find me on twitter at taylor underscore p15 you can find us on twitter youtube oh gosh uh tiktok instagram facebook at the underscore uncontested be sure to go and subscribe to um all those different platforms uh, if you subscribe if you actually go and, and leave us a five-star review send us a screenshot of that and in addition if you subscribe to our youtube channel we're getting really close to a thousand followers so if you all would do that send us a screenshot we'll send you some really sweet stickers that our guy justin put together for us really fun stuff just like this thunder team another really fun game tonight as they end up dropping a uh, 122 to 110 loss against the Denver nuggets but it was close it was close uh, before i get any further we are a proud part of the blue wire podcast network and dailythunder.com you can, and like I said, you can find us on all different social media platforms. Anyways, like I said, another really, really fun game. Really excited to break this one down. So I had to get none other than my brother, my younger brother. I can't call him a little brother anymore. Hayden Peterson. You can find him on Twitter at HPOKC. Hayden, what'd you think? I mean, just give me quick, quickly your uh, your thoughts from tonight and maybe just in general um, of these first, gosh, eight games of the Thunder season so far. Thunder are fun again. Yeah, a quick summary. It's fun <laughs> I mean, to watch. Perfect. Them. It seemed like more fans showed up tonight too. I know it was a Thursday night game, not not a Tuesday. But see, I I kind of didn't think there was as much tonight as there were um, Tuesday nights for Tuesday uh, nights. Game. I think I, there was I, definitely I, more. Really? It okay, like well, good. Me. I hope so because uh, the fans have absolutely been better. And um, yeah. Jacob and I were there last Thursday. Um, it was a little more bare than the first two games were. I actually was talking to somebody at the concession stand, and she told me she was like, honestly, the first two game, first two home games. We're great. 
like really impressive. Yeah. It was nice to see those people back. And then yeah. last Thursday, not as much. Regardless, um, I think I, I'm with you. It, this team, there's a lot of excitement behind them. They're playing a, a really fun brand of basketball right now. These young guys are showing signs of improvement. All things that will break down. But it was great to see more people. And uh, formerly known as the Peak, I always want to refer to it as the Peak, but in Paycom Center. Take. So I'm with you, Hayden. Uh, a lot of fun stuff. And uh, even though this was a loss, not quite as fun as the last two post games we've done, I think we still have a fun, fun one to break down here, Hayden. So I have my big takeaways. And honestly, this was such an interesting game because there were like, you know, a couple that really stood out. Like, obviously, I, I need to put these in my takeaways, but there were like a lot of others I, I thought about putting in here. There are a lot of interesting things that we can break down in this game, but the five I settled on. The first and most obvious, Shea Gilgis-Alexander shines once again. Superstar Shea now has 30-plus points in five of his last seven games. Hayden, quickly, but obviously we'll, we'll get into these in more detail later in the podcast. Your initial thoughts on Shea's game tonight. Yeah, I mean, he summed it up. He's a superstar. He can't be stopped. I think, in my, my opinion, definition of a superstar is he can go score whenever he wants, take the game over, and he's done that in the eight games so far. And score on all three levels, which we, right. we saw again tonight. I think that's spot on. Speaking of Shea, Hayden, this was interesting. Last night, you know, obviously, or sorry, Tuesday night, last game is what I meant. Um, Shea and Giddy were staggered. We had not seen them play much together. In fact, Giddy didn't even play the last three minutes of the game. Tonight, not exactly, but pretty, pretty close. I mean, their, their minutes were essentially mirrored. I thought that was interesting and also great to see. And you obviously know that like Mark is making that an emphasis to try and get them um, it build chemistry and, and synergy on the court. And I, I just found that interesting and stark contrast to Tuesday night's game. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's good that Mark's making that happen, but we'll touch on to it later. But yeah, um, there were some I really good like things. And then there, you know, there were some things that the offense didn't flow quite as well at times, but right. uh, I thought it was much better than Tuesday night. Yep, I agree. Speaking of Josh Giddy, another duo here, Lou and Giddy. I thought Lou and Giddy really stepped up tonight. They were the two outside of Shea. That's not to say other Thunder players did not. I there's certainly many honorable mentions in this game, but I thought Lou and Giddy were really the two alongside Shea that stepped up, which was kind of cool because even though the Thunder didn't win tonight, their quote-unquote big three minus Chet, who's out for the season, right? Um, it was cool to see them all be able to contribute at such a high level at the same time. Again, even if the synergy isn't quite there yet, I thought that was a step in the right direction. Yep, absolutely. And then Thunder points in the paint against a big Denver Nuggets team. Uh, obviously, you have uh, Nikola Jokic, right? But even some of their other bigs, I mean, they're obviously much bigger down, <laughs> down low than the Thunder. And yet the Thunder uh, outscored them in the paint 72 to 46. Yeah, and they, they, they held Jokic to two points in the first half, which I think is more yeah, impressive. Yeah, right, yeah, another great point. Which leads me to my final point. That wasn't why they lost the game. The reason they lost the game, or one of the main reasons they lost the game, was the Thunder's three-point shooting compared to the Nuggets' three-point shooting. So uh, Thunder were able to outscore the Nuggets in the, po- in the paint, which is why they were able to remain competitive. But the Nuggets were red hot from outside. Hey. Yeah. That first quarter was unbelievable. I was watching the TV just like, holy shit. Yeah. Are they going to miss? Yeah, and it, it was absurd. Uh, yeah. It's really cool to see Murray play at that level again. Yeah. But you had guys like KCP and who else? Uh, uh, is it Reed? I, yeah, yeah, Reed. Reed. Some, some Reed guy. Reed I, too, I didn't right? know he's a third-year player. Yeah. Um, gosh. 
Barton's not on this team anymore. There's uh, somebody Morris, similar to Casey. Morris hit a couple. Yeah. I don't know. Regardless, there were some yeah. random people hitting shots, but the main one there was Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon yeah. had an incredible game, but mainly an incredible first quarter. He actually, or sorry, first half. Um, he actually outscored Shea, I believe. He did. I think to, it was 22 yeah. 21. Yeah. Ooh, crazy. So, anyways, those are my big takeaways. I have some honorable mentions that we can get on, get into a little later if we have some extra time, Hayden. Um, but just quickly, I'm going to go at step-by-step game summary. Uh, going to get your thoughts here and there if, in case I miss anything. We aren't going to spend too much time on this, but just to give our listeners maybe who weren't able to listen or who, or sorry, who to view or even those who, who were, uh, just a quick, fresh recap. First quarter, got to start with the starting lineup. This was the, the first repeat starting lineup I believe we've seen, Hayden. Uh, Shea, Giddy, Dort, Poku, JRE. They... Uh, I don't even remember what game it was that they had that starting lineup, but this was the the second game that that starting lineup appeared. And uh, I found that one, that one interesting. Uh, Poku and JRE, and I think that's kind of the starting lineup we all expected coming into the season. But with Dignall, these rotations have been very fluid. Just quickly, any thoughts on the, the starting lineup for tonight? Why maybe this lineup for the Knights? Uh, you know, I'm I'm... I think maybe just adding Poku's length in there with Jokic might have been a factor uh, just to, you know, kind of disrupt some shots. But to me, it kind of feels like this is might be the starting lineup that's going to settle in a little bit. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be locked in. We'll see a lot more lineups. But to me, it kind of feels like with Poku, I guess you can say coming out a little bit. I feel like this is kind of what Mark's going to lean on a little bit more as season goes on. That's fair. And I thought I'd just quickly, I thought one of my coworkers today brought up a good point. Look, Poku's still going to have a role with this team if he continues to play this way throughout the season. Right. Throughout this season, he will still have a role with this team, maybe even a significant role with this team when Chet comes back next season. But I thought my coworker brought up a good point, Hayden, when he mentioned, like, we're almost seeing, I mean, it, it's a good opportunity for Poku to develop and expand his game, being thrown in uh, certain positions, certain lineups that he otherwise wouldn't be. But it's also a good opportunity for the Thunder to see maybe kind of what Chet will look like in some of these lineups by putting Poku in there. Right. Yeah. I thought that was a, an interesting point. It's obviously not, they're not identical players by any means outside of them both being seven feet plus tall, but and white uh, and fascinating and white <laughs> and uh check can actually hit three point shots. <laughs> Regardless, I think they do play fairly similar roles. And I thought that was an interesting point. Now, Rough start for the Thunder. The Nuggets start the game out on a 13 to nothing run. Dignall calls a timeout. It looked ugly to begin with. I'm like, oh my gosh, I might be covering the first blowout of the season. Uh, the Nuggets shot 77% from three. The Thunder shot 28% from three. Excuse me, in half as many attempts. So the not only did the Thunder, or sorry, the Nuggets shoot 77% from three, but they doubled the Thunder's three point shot attempts. Uh, just kind of to that point, the Nuggets had 30 points from behind the arc. They were 10 of 13, but it was Shea that kept the Thunder in the game. Uh, it really in that first quarter, Shea it got off to an incredible scoring streak, kept his his scoring streak going from the previous two games, had 17 points in the first quarter on super efficient scoring. It was just pretty incredible. And like you mentioned, Hayden, earlier, Jokic goes scoreless, only shot one shot from the field, which was really wow. impressive considering, like I said, the, the starter, like you said, the starting lineup that the Thunder went with. Yeah. Second quarter, a lot of the same, honestly. Not a whole lot of notes here in the second quarter. There's a little mini run there. And I kind of will get your thoughts here, Hayden. Uh, the second unit highlighted by Poku diving for that loose ball. <laughs> I don't even remember who it was, but Poku 
got a hand on it, got a deflection, instead of letting the, the player just, you know, the, the Nuggets player go and just get the ball, recover it, and, uh, you know, and, and just try and uh, recoup on defense, he dies for the loose ball. He's able to get the steal. He kicks it, I believe, to Kenrich Williams, who found Dort um, for a fast break slam dunk. And that kind of ignited a mini run. That's the kind of stuff you want to see from Poku. And that, that's the stuff we have not seen from him, you know, really since he's been in OKC. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it, I've seen a lot of people say that it, it seems like he's finding his role in the team. And I think stuff like that, especially when you mentioned, you know, Chet coming back next season, that's going to be the type of stuff that he's going to have to do if he wants to stay on the court. Absolutely. I, I could not agree more. Uh, the Nuggets hit 13 total first half three, just kind of some first half recaps. Uh, 13 total first half threes to the Thunder's three three-point shots. No Baisley or Wiggins in the first half. In fact, uh, no Wiggins in the game in general, which again isn't necessarily like shocking or alarming or anything of that nature. This is just, you know, Dagnall's told us about this every single post game. He's trying to switch up the rotations, but there are some themes here, and we'll get into that. Baisley's one of them. Gideon Shea minutes weren't staggered, but basically mirrored. That was a, a note that I had here to end the half. We're going to get into that, obviously, in more detail. Third quarter happens. It's called and Baisley start now. So Baisley's first minutes come to start the second half. Uh, and Mascala got in there, I believe, towards the end of the second quarter. He ends up starting as well with the three guards, or three guards slash forwards, Shea, Giddy, and Dort. Um, I thought Nagala had a really good point. Despite Denver being in the driver's seat of the game, to this point, the Thunder had outscored them 42-22 to 22 in the paint, which is a thing that we're obviously going to get into. Thunder had a very big run, led by the team getting stops and pushing the ball in transition. Like The, the defense is something we can touch on every single game, Hayden. Uh, I don't have it here in my big takeaways, but it was a huge catalyst yet again. J-Dub was the first sub of the second half uh, yet again. <laughs> he was the first yep. sub in the first half as well. Shea had 31 points, 10-13 shooting, 11-11 from the line. And there were still three minutes and 20 seconds in the, in the quarter, which is just absolutely absurd. And to end the third, OKC outscored Denver by 16. <laughs> I mean, it was a pretty impressive quarter, Hayden. Anything else that really stood out to you there in the third that you can think of? Um, Oose. Oose got loose a little bit there. I was yeah. really impressed with him. He wasn't, doing, he wasn't forcing anything, but he was making some really good plays, and I think he played a big part in that, that big run they had. That's spot on. I actually had him kind of there in the honorable mentions. Yeah. Maybe we can get into it in a little more detail uh, here in a little bit, but I could not agree more. I thought he was kind of to the basket, playing within the flow of the offense. Once that three-point shot gets going consistently, he has a really good stroke and a really good form. Pretty. Um, and then obviously he plays solid defense on the other end of the floor, so I, I think that's spot on. Fourth quarter, way less notes here, Hayden. Jamal, Moore, <laughs> Jamal Murray quarter, he pretty much just took over. Uh, the Thunder got out, scored 29-15. to 15. That was pretty much the game. And unfortunately, maybe the biggest point here is the Thunder didn't really get shade the ball. They pretty much were just kind of taking what the Denver defense gave them, and that was anything that was not Shea Gills to Alexander. And I, I love Shea trusting in his teammates. For example, we talked about you know Tuesday night's game, him looking for Lou for that open shot after he had it going. But they really just like, you know, and, and maybe that's kind of something we'll get into with the Gideon Shea lineups. Chase didn't really have the ball in his hands there down the stretch, and that's honestly unacceptable uh, if they are trying to win that game, which they were. We saw Muscala come in there towards the end. You know, like the Thunder were absolutely trying to win this game. I think it's a little unacceptable that Shea didn't touch the ball as much as he did uh, down the stretch. Yeah, I agree. And like you mentioned, he, he's trusting his teammates, and Giddy had a good game. 
But uh, when Shea was passing the ball up, Giddy was there was a couple plays there, especially at the beginning of the fourth quarter when Giddy tried to do a little too much. And I think that stuff, you know, still a young team, obviously, we will learn as we go. But I think Shea is also going to learn how to handle, you know, those those double teams that come at him late in the game, and and then also like Giddy and. Trey Mann and those types of players will learn how to, you know, make plays off of each other without Shea. I think that's a very good point. And then, you know, like I said, we'll get we'll get into this in some of our some of our main uh, big takeaways. Dive into them in a little more detail. So this is about perfect. Rob, at about the halfway mark here, Hayden. Let's go ahead and just dive into these big takeaways in more detail. We can spend a lot of time on these. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And if there's any others, like I said, that I missed, uh, feel free to, to add those here at the end. But I really want your thoughts on some of these. The big one here, Shea Gilles-Alexander just continues to shine. 17 points in the first quarter. He ends up having 37 points tonight. Four rebounds, three assists, two steals. I believe one block. Um, I don't have that here uh, that I typed in, but I can go back and look at that. I'm pretty sure he had one block. The biggest thing, Hayden, 13 of 17 from the field. Just absurdly efficient. And you're probably thinking, well, then how did he get 37 points? Well, because he went 11-11 from the free throw line, and he still has only missed one shot from the free throw line. Uh, He's playing at a superstar level. Just for context, he's averaging 32.3 points per game, 6.3 assists per game, 4.7 rebounds a game, 2.6 steals per game, 1.2 blocks per game, and all this on 54.5% from the field. 98.9% free throw percentage. Like I said, he only has missed one free throw. 63.9% true shooting percentage. I mean, uh, we're not just talking about an all-star right now. We're talking about all NBA. And again, a very limited uh, sample size here. But Shea has been fantastic. Hayden, your thoughts on Shea's game tonight? And and you can kind of wrap a bow on it and and talk about uh, your thoughts of, of his play throughout these first eight games of the season as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been unbelievable. And the, the thing that's really stood out to me is it seemed last year he was almost like using... Okay, sorry, the- really quick. Eamon, uh, correct me, zero blocks tonight, which is fine. Oh, yeah. um, but also, this is kind of interesting, uh, and maybe you'll get into this, Hayden, but zero attempted threes. Yep. And I believe he was asked about that in the post game. He said, honestly, I didn't even realize it. <laughs> I'm just playing basketball, yep. which is, uh, you love to see that. Sorry. Yeah, well, I mean, that kind of goes into the point I was about to say. Last year during the games, it seemed like he was trying to almost practice his bag a little bit by doing, you know, the sidestep threes he did all the time at the beginning of last year, even some of his mid-range stuff. And it seems like this year it's almost like he spent the offseason thinking, okay, this is where I can get my buckets, and that's what he's doing exactly. You know, he gets in the mid-range, creates a space, gets to the rim at 
at ease like he always has. But, you know, the three-pointers, he's not forcing them at all, and he's not even really looking for them, which I think is great to see. And it's his efficiencies, you know, showing from that. What would you say? He's shooting 60-something from the field. That's ridiculous. Yeah, Aver- like, averaging uh, 32 points per game. Tonight he had 37 points on 84.7% true shooting. That's which ridiculous. Is just, I mean, yeah, he, he's he's not missing. Yeah. And that's why I was so disappointed, I think. Uh, you know, he's been so good, especially this season early on. Of I, I don't want to say demanding the ball because that's such like a kind of a it has such a negative uh, term around or a negative um, vibe around it. But he was g- making sure he had the ball in his hands to close right. some of these past couple of games tonight. And I think some of this may be because Josh was back in the lineup. And like I said, we'll get into this. Um, but he wasn't quite as demanding. He he, he wasn't quite as as assertive. Maybe there down the stretch. But that doesn't matter. I mean, that's part of it. But the other part is getting the ball to Shea. And I understand the guys, like, they know that Shea's being absolutely smothered down the stretch by some of uh, Denver, Denver's defenders there. But I would have liked to see Shea get more touches because that's how you're, you're going to win basketball games, especially with so much youth on this team and and, and the development stages that they're at in this in this season. So, Or, yeah, at this point of the season. So, I don't know. What were your thoughts there about Shea down the stretch? Yeah, Um you mentioned Giddy, and honestly, one of the most things I'm excited for during the season is to watch how Giddy can kind of adapt with playing by playing with Shea, especially down the stretch. Because last year we barely got to see that at all. It kind of seemed like right after the All Star break last season, they started to click a little bit, and then that's when um, Giddy got shut down, or one of them got shut. I think it's Giddy with the hip injury. So they really didn't, you know, get to get to get that chemistry together. So I I think. Giddy's going to learn as season goes on that Thunder fans might not like to hear this, but Giddy's never going to be a great, you know, scorer, great shot creator. And I think Giddy's going to learn how to make plays, you know, without having the ball in his hands, without Shea, without him trying to force something scoring, if that makes sense. He's gonna- so I think, I think that it, it absolutely makes sense. Not only does it make sense, Hayden, it is a Perfect transition into big takeaway number two. It's almost like you've done this before. Uh, Hayden, for those that don't know, Hayden and I, uh, as brothers, are constantly texting throughout Thunder Games, especially with our dad, which is a ton of fun. <laughs> One of these days, Hayden, we're going to get dad on a podcast. Get him on the um, pod. Jacob and I and Kamiar and I, uh, <laughs> even Nick and, and, and Justin and I, like um, we all talked about, like, really, uh, I think uh, Jacob's dad, Kamiar's dad, and, my, and our dad, would just have a, a blast. We we need to do a dad pod sometime. Yeah, so on, for the, for on, the fathers, on Father's on Day. Father's Day. On the, there we go. I like days. it. I like it a lot. Now, like I said, really good transition because compared to, like I said, Tuesday night, and the Thunder got the win there, um, and Giddy wasn't that great. Obviously, his first game back, coming back from the ankle injury, but they don't decide to close with Trey Mann alongside Shea, alongside Dort, because they needed that offensive spark, and, and Trey was you know competing defensively but it was fascinating throughout the majority of that game. He staggered both of them for the most part. They really only played together to start the game. Tonight was the exact opposite. They didn't mirror each other's, excuse me, minutes exactly. Um, Shea played 35 minutes to get his 31, but it was very close. And Hayden, you had a really good stat that you shared with me uh, in regard to Shea and Giddy. Um, you also had another one about Trey Mann and Giddy, but I want to hold on to that until towards the end of this point. Uh, that we're discussing, but do you have that stuff there about Shea and Giddy's minutes? 
Yeah, so I mentioned, I tweeted out about it, but I was saying when, when Shea goes off the floor, I would really like to see Giddy and Trey Mann minutes. And I didn't realize it was this bad, but Trey Mann and Josh Giddy, NBA has them logged at playing one minute together, which is probably not even a minute if it's that. For this game or the season for, as a whole? For this game. Okay, yeah, but this still. Season, yeah. I mean, it's probably, it's right. not very much for a season because Giddy was hurt. Well, and but, this is also interesting. I just saw this. Trey Mann and Shea only played a minute together too. Oh, that's that's which very is the mirroring with, with now the right exactly. So Shea and Giddy are uh, trying to mirror their minutes tonight, right. which means that Trey Mann's playing that primary backup point guard role, yep. um, which is is fascinating as well. But what was the stat that you told me though before the podcast about Shea and Giddy's minutes? Uh, if you don't much? have it in front of you, that's okay. But I, I, I like I said, they uh, they almost played identical minutes together. Which I, I really love to see. They, they played 32 minutes together. Yeah, okay. So, of Shea's 35, and Giddy, well, Giddy only played 30. I don't know. This These are Shea's different. Shea's 35, Giddy's 31, they played. It was like 31.8, was it? Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, there we go. That makes sense. So, essentially, Giddy played 32 minutes. Right. Um, wow. So, basically, anytime Giddy was on the court, it was alongside Shea. And yeah. Shea just got in a little earlier than he did at certain points in the game. That's fascinating. I thought it worked really well at times. Uh, I actually thought it, it looked much better than it did earlier in the season prior to the ankle injury because they were all able to score. And we weren't going to get into Dort as well. But Giddy had his best game probably of the season. Uh, a lot of that due to the ankle injury, like I mentioned. But 16 points on 7 of 14 shooting, 2 of 4 from 3, which was huge. His two threes yeah. there really kind of kept the Thunder alive in the third. And I, I thought he played a really good game on both both ends of the floor. He was much more aggressive and assertive, but it didn't take away from Shea necessarily until clutch time when yep. Shea was being smothered. They were double teaming him and Giddy tried to kind of, and not just Giddy, Dort as well, but they tried to kind of take control and, and take scoring to their own hands. But there wasn't a lot of like chemistry in, in regards of Shea and Giddy playing off one another. That's right. going to come in time. You know, they only played literally half, maybe even less than that uh, of a season together last year before each of them had different injuries at different times. And then obviously uh, Giddy gets the injury this season. You know, uh, Shea was hurt during the preseason. They really haven't had much time to gel. Yep. But I thought today looked much better. They obviously looked like they were able to coexist. And the next step is just finding that chemistry. How can Dignall help blend them, right? Like, can right. we get some Shea and Giddy pick and roll, pick and pops? You know, it, 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 how can you have two primary ball handlers and playmakers on the floor at the same time? And have that affect each of them, you know, benefit each of them and also the rest of their teammates. It's kind of what I'm thinking at this point. Yep. No, I agree with you that I was going to say that, you know, get them in some two man games and pick and roll, pick and pop, especially when they're just denying Shea from getting the ball. That's going to yeah. be a way to get him open and also maybe get Giddy downhill. And when when Giddy's knocking down threes like that, exactly. he's not scared to take it. I mean, that yeah. opens up the floor so much for each of them. Yeah. Shea's going to have to do that as well, catch and shoot threes. That's one area that he can really improve on. Uh, obviously, Shea didn't even take a three tonight, which is fine. Yeah. But then being able to hit the and knock down catch and shoot threes is a big thing there. Just really quickly, uh, SGA and Giddy both had very positive quotes about one another post game. Shea said, Josh is a really good player. No matter who you are, it's easy to play with him. It's always fun have, having him out there. And then I believe Giddy had a similar quote. Uh, he's so crafty, and I think the best thing about him is he's just a willing passer. He's been on a tear. He's playing elite basketball. So essentially, you know, he's playing at this superstar level, and yet he's still giving the ball to us. And so obviously, no, uh, no bad vibes there. They're all, um, you know, on the same page. It's just a matter of getting time together. So that's something I'm going to be following. 
we went a little long those first two points, Hayden. So we'll try and go through the rest of these a little quicker. You know, we talked about Lou and Giddy or Lou and Giddy both stepping up. We talked a lot about Giddy there. Let's go ahead and just go ahead and, and, and designate this segment to Lou. I thought Lou had a really good game tonight, especially in transition. 19 points, three rebounds, eight of 15 from the floor. The one thing I don't like is that he took, well, I say that he needs to be able to take like six threes like he did tonight, but he's only one of six from three. He, he struggled there, but his finishing around the rim was much better. And he continues to provide a spark for this team by, you know, his defense, his elite defense, and and being able to create uh, deflections, turnovers, havoc, that result in the Thunder being able to push the ball in transition, which is when they're at their best. Speeding up the game, I think, is what Lou's really good at. And all of a sudden, you, like, blink, you look up, and Chase, or sorry, uh, Lou's on the other end of the floor ready to get a receiving pass from Giddy or Kenneth Williams and finish around the rim. Yeah. I thought he was much better finishing around the rim tonight. Yeah. And it seems like every time the Thunder go on one of their big runs when they're coming, you know, back from 15 down, it's when Lou's playing his best. And you mentioned it when when we get out in transition, we're at our best, and it usually starts with a Lou Dort deflection or a Lou Lou still um, something on the defensive end. And it, it's been good to or tonight it was good to watch him finish around the rim better because if anybody follows me on Twitter, I've been really critical on Lou so far on the offensive end. And I was because you like him so much because I love him so much. I have high expectations, but no watching him finish around the rim. That third quarter got me fired up. I was really excited to see that. Yeah, no, I agree. He was a huge catalyst in the third as well. Um, Oh gosh. What was I going to say? I was talking about his defense. Oh, speaking of his defense, they don't mention. So we talked about, again, talking a lot about uh, Giddy and Shay and Lou and how they all kind of were intertwined tonight. Um, and, And I think a lot of that's because of how, they don't play them tonight. You know, they, they were all kind of intertwined. And one thing that they don't mentioned is that, you know, not having Shea and getting on the floor and having Lou in that second unit was because he wanted him on Jamal Murray because he thought he did such a good job on him, especially in the first half. Right. And Jamal really got it going in the fourth. So just more credit to Lou defensively uh, guarding these elite players night in, night out, and still being able to do what he does offensively, get his team a boost and a spark is just really, really impressive. So, and this is one that we can really touch on quickly. Thunder points in the paint. The Thunder outscored the Nuggets 72 to 46 points in the paint. And that is what kept them in the game in the first half. It's what kept them in the game and, and helped, again, kind of led to the, the catalyst, like I keep mentioning in the third quarter when they're pushing the ball in transition. You know, they, this team isn't taking a lot taking a lot of threes, and nor are they making them, obviously. But they're so good at, at creating around the basket, whether it's obviously Shea, Lou, Giddy Floaters, uh, even some of these guys like Poku, like um, Mascala, Kenrich Williams, and uh, this is my chance to kind of mention J-Dub here. Yeah. J-Dub obviously has a lot of trust from Mark Dagnall. He, he's getting a, a lot of minutes compared to guys like Baisley, um, you know, some others. He, he obviously has some trust from Dagnall, and he does such a good job of moving off ball, cutting to the rim, and even just finding open space. For example, there was a play where he almost like sagged off towards the baseline, like almost out of bounds, comes back, waits for the defense to react to Giddy driving in the lane, is able to find the opening between defenders, which leads for a wide open bounce pass that Giddy can find him for yep. into a, a layup. So that's just examples of how this undersized Thunder team continues to score in the paint. Curious if you have adi- any additional thoughts, not just tonight, but this is a thing we've been seeing. Offensive rebounds, um, points in the paint for an undersized Thunder team, Hayden. Like, what are your thoughts? Well, it starts with Shea, and then you mentioned, you know, they're learning how to cut off of Shea drives too. 
Um, Jalen Williams is great at it. And it kind of shows off the team's basketball IQ. Something I think Giddy will get better at as the year goes on as well is kind of cutting off those shade drives, finding the gaps, and getting some easy buckets. Yeah. No, I think that's a great point. Great point. And then the last one here, obviously, I'm seeing some quotes – or sorry, some questions and some comments in the chats. Please keep them coming. We will finish by going through those right here at about 30 minutes. So we're going to hit our last big point here, Hayden. Then we'll finish by going through some of these comments in the chat. I appreciate all of you tuning in. Last one here I have is uh, unfortunately a negative <laughs> – I didn't do positive and negatives tonight because I feel like I've gotten a little redundant with that. Uh, I typically end with the positives and begin with the negatives, but tonight we're ending on a negative because that's just how I have it here in the doc. Thunder's three-point shooting has been horrendous, and I, I wish I had a little more time tonight. I had a baby wake up right before the podcast. Um, or I would have given the Thunder's three-point shooting percentage for the entire season. 29.5. Oh, hey, look at that. That's Got why it. I have Hayden Tweeted on Tweeted out right before the pod. Thank you. 29.5 on the season. And tonight they go 20% from three, six of 29. Uh, granted, they caught up with the Nuggets in terms of three point uh, attempts. Thunder were 18, or sorry, the Nuggets were 18 of 31. Thunder six of 29. That's got to improve uh, if they want to be able to compete with these teams. That's just kind of gravy for the season. They are able to continue to improve on that and get better this season. But if they truly are going to, I mean, we're seeing they're able to compete with teams like the Nuggets, like the Mavericks, like uh, the, the the Clippers. But they're going to actually beat these teams and, like Presty says, quote unquote, declare themselves. If they truly are going to end the tank for this season, a three point percentage is going to have to go up. Absolutely, it's a difference maker tonight in in many games so far. Yeah, I know. I I think that was the sole. Not, I should, sorry, not the sole, the biggest reason probably that the Thunder lost the game tonight was three-point discrepancy um, between the two teams. Yep. All right. So that was uh, just about spot on in terms of timing. We're going to go ahead and go through some comments and questions here. I'll have Hayden answer some of them. I'll answer some of them. Then we'll go ahead and get out of here because we have uh, another game coming here, and I believe in 48 hours, which is pretty exciting. Thunder have a pretty tough stretch coming up. Some really good tests. Um so knock on wood, unless there's something I don't know about, Thunder stayed healthy tonight. I think that's a, a positive we can end on, Hayden, instead of yeah. ending on the Thunder three-point shooting. It's great to see Giddy back. Great to see J-Dub back. Hopefully he gets that mask off because I think that, that will obviously help him make him a little more comfortable. Um, Shea playing at this level, looking healthy, et cetera, et cetera. Joseph says, Baze was Baze phase. Baisley is not one that I mentioned. Like I said, I had some honorable mentions that we just don't really have time for tonight. But one that I, I listed here was no Wiggins. Again, that's not like a big thing because Wiggins played so much in the preseason. Obviously, to start the season, that was just an opportunity to get guys like Jang uh, more time. Kendrick Williams in tonight where he didn't play on Tuesday night. Not worried about Wiggins not playing, but a very limited Baisley. He started in the second half. He actually has some great contributions defensively. He has boneheaded decisions. That can't keep that that result in him not being able to stay on the floor. I'm going to be honest at this point. When Usman Jang is getting more trust than Darius Baisley from Coach Daynault, uh, obviously Poku getting a a ton of time tonight compared to Baisley. Feels like Baisley's time with the Thunder is kind of uh, written on the wall at this point, Hayden. Yep, sad, sad to admit it, but I I agree with you. And that, yeah, I I'm, Baisley has some great great flashes. He's played really good yep. basketball through stretches. He just the boneheaded decisions just continue to pop up on each end of the floor. Uh, Alex, to that point, said Poku was physical as hell. And uh, I love what Jacob has mentioned throughout the, the past couple of podcasts, really since the season started. 
physicality isn't necessarily just bulking up another 30 to 40 pounds and being able to bang down low with Jokic. It's being physical down low. It's more of a, a mentality. And Hayden, I think that's the reason that Poku had, I'm going to have to go back to the back, box score here, uh, but Poku had 27 minutes. That was the least of the starters, but it was more than anybody else on the bench by five minutes. So pretty impressive stuff. Obviously, Poku's gaining trust with his coaching staff. Kind of goes back to the original point that I think Baisley's losing some of that trust. 37 without threes sounds like him. Uh, a lot of comments about Shea not attempting a single three. Another really good point. 37 points on that efficiency without shooting a three and with his team shooting yeah. so poorly from three, not spacing the floor from him. Hey, that's pretty elite. Pretty elite. To say the least. Amen also said a lot of experimentation with the roster and rotations. J.W. McKinney first off the bench instead of Trey. That's a good point. We did not see Trey Mann first off the bench like we have recently. Trey did get uh, obviously some burn tonight, uh, but only got 17 minutes, which was still second most off the bench. But Kenrich had 22 compared to uh, Trey Mann 17, followed by J-Dubs 14. So yeah, definitely something to continue to keep an eye on. A, a really good point. Um, let's see. David mentions he, he's pretty angry when the Thunder missed so many threes in a row. Uh, he talks about Chip. Like, did he just did he get fired? Did he just go away? Can we trade Bays, JRE, Wiggins for real shooters? Thunder have never had shooters ever. Look, those points and frustrations are valid. I would take Wiggins out of there because he's played really well. Um, JRE has as well at times, but he has not played as well as I hoped he would start the season. And tonight was not one of his better nights. Uh, he had some threes early on, but the Thunder really kind of trying to like feed him early, and it was not working, which kind of led to that 13-0 run, I think, from the Nuggets. So um, I get the frustration, but keep the faith. Again, I, I think that's something that will continue to hopefully improve this season, but by next season, I, we really need to see an improvement. Uh, let's see. Kieran mentions Shea leads all guards and blocks. He's top three in steals, top four in points. The shooting around Shea gets better. Shea could definitely make a all NBA team this season. Hayden, your thoughts? Yeah. I mean, we've touched on Shea a ton already in the pod, but yeah, I mean, right now he's going to be an all NBA team without a doubt. Equal asked, why is Shea not taking threes? How many has he taken over all games this season? Um, I don't have those pulled up in front of me. <laughs> and we're going a little long here, but um he didn't really need to is the, the question he was taking with uh, the defense was giving him. Um, and I don't, you know, he doesn't want to just jack up threes. He knows he can get to the rim and he can get to the mid range at will at this point and yeah. can make them. So why take difficult threes if you don't have to, is kind of my thought. Yep. Yeah, I agree. So last couple ones here, cause we're going a little long meek leak. Do you think we should be playing Giddy and Shay alternately instead of trying to have them both out there together? when we are trying to win games. What are your thoughts, Hayden? We, we talked a little bit about the Shane getting mirroring, but what, why do we think we saw that tonight compared to Tuesday night? I kind of think is what Meek's getting at. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think Dagnall's trying to make a point to get their chemistry um, better than it, it's ever been because they need to. I mean, Giddy's obviously going to be a pretty big part of our team going forward and getting him and Shay to learn how to play off each other efficiently is going to really be a big factor in determining how good the Thunder can be. 
So I think it is important for them to mirror some minutes, especially in the first quarter and, and ending games. But I would kind of like to see uh, Dagnall alternate them a little, alternate their minutes a little bit when Shea goes out. Um, maybe you know bring in Trey Mann to pair with Giddy or Jalen Williams to kind of let Giddy take over that second group a little bit more. I would like to see that, but I think it is important to mirror their minutes late in the games. Could not agree more. I think that's pretty spot on, but I would like to see, like you said, uh, a little more staggering just because I think that's when this team will be at their best. Right. But obviously we we need Shea and, and Giddy to be able to co- coexist, and this is the perfect season to be able to do that. This is kind of a transition season. Exactly. Uh, that's let's a good talk way about transitioning, it, yeah. right? Like it's it's not the full-on tank like it was last season, at least at this point with, with Shea and others playing at this level, if they yeah. can continue to keep that up. Um so it, it, it's, but it's still not the go all out and, and try and get play in or playoffs this season. It's, it's the season to try these kind of things, try these kind of lineups, see who fits, see who doesn't. So that way next season you get your next lottery pick or whatever it may be. Um, you're really kind of ready to hit the ground running and start competing again. So last one here, Kieran, with Shea clearly taking another step forward, and this is related, with Shea taking another step forward, what it does the ideal giddy development look like to you? Great question. Uh, David even mentions in the chat. Great question, Kieran. Hayden, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I touched on it in the last question. I think his um, his next step in his development is, you know, getting in that second group without Shea, you know, taking over, learning how to take over, um, whether that's scoring or making uh, plays for other teammates. And then, you know, pairing that with them, uh, closing games together, learning how to play off Shea when the fourth quarter comes and the teams are trying to shut him off and, Figuring out how to take some of his some of the slack off of uh, um, the team not having, or I guess the team having Shea, but not having the opportunities that he'll have when he's going to be facing double teams and uh, and face guarding in those fourth quarters. I think you're exactly spot on. Um, how can they build chemistry on court? You know, obviously they like each other, like playing with one another, but how can they really benefit each other on court? Can they not put them in the right positions? And for to answer Kieran's question specifically, um, Giddy's got to be able to to knock down outside shots, and and Shea has to be better with his catch and shoot shooting. I think uh, because yes. Giddy's going to be able to create so many open looks for him. Those are kind of the two things specifically I'm looking for on the offensive end of the floor. <laughs> Defensively, I just hope that Giddy's able to find ways to utilize his length and his strength and his size. Uh, and, and kind of follow the example that Shea's leading on the, the defensive end of the floor. And that's how they can coexist. And uh, we can see this team playing at a really high level in the future. Yep. Hayden, I think that's all I got. You have any parting thoughts before we uh, get out of here? No, I've been I've been super happy with the Thunder so far. Four and four is not bad at all. Not bad at all. We will, uh, we will see what the Thunder have in store moving forward. I'm actually looking at this. Um, gosh. Justin has his highlighted in yellow. I was going to try and tell you all who's like covering which games. So, okay, here we go. Get the post game outro going. So, here in uh, let's see. Sunday night they play again. Or sorry, that's actually the, our group podcast. Then Monday, they turn around, they play the Pistons at home. That's going to be a really fun one. Two young teams, young squads going head-to-head. And then 11-9, that's two days later. On next Wednesday, they'll be stuck with me again for another matchup with the Bucks. Like I said, the Thunder schedule gets pretty tough here after that, but they have the Raptors, they have the Celtics. Then it eases up just a tad. 
been a really good test for this Young Thunder team moving forward. Hoping to see them work on a lot of things we talked touched on today. Shout out Hayden for joining me. Uh, it's always fun talking basketball. We've been doing it since we were very little. So it's fun to bring it to a platform like this one. Appreciate Hayden jumping on. Appreciate all of you in the chat. All of you following along on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, you name it. You guys are the best. You gals are the best. Be sure to subscribe. We'll send you some stickers. Thanks again for tuning in. A lot of fun things to be excited about with this Thunder team. So, parting thoughts, as always, Thunder Thunder up. up.